Hello everyone and welcome back to the fourth installment of Alpha Discussions where we give you guys an update on what we've been working on discussions as well as cover some of the stories that uh, has been posted on discussions.app. So again, discussions is a community platform dedicated to the cost of free speech and growing token communities around the world. So let's get started, starting with uh, developments. So Paul, do you want to take that? Yeah, so uh, recently we introduced uh, staking reward and to stake uh, on discussions, all you have to do is transfer your Atmos uh, to a unified ID and you will automatically earn staking rewards. Uh, as of this recording, uh, there are over 3.2 million Atmos um, on unified IDs currently earning staking rewards. So uh, it's still a pretty good time to earn fairly large rewards for uh, Atmos, particularly if you're a small data you know, having, having your Atmos grow is a good thing. Um, so we've added to the forum, uh, when you look at your, your user profile, you can see the amount you're roughly going to earn for the day. Uh, so that's good. And so this is, you know, as a reminder, just phase one of staking. Um, mm -hmm. Our phase two of staking uh, will be, we'll be starting at some point in the near future. Phase one, we have uh, a one year, one million Atmos limit on it. And phase two will start in, in the future, and that will be a time-locked staking system uh, where you'll actually have to lock up your Atmos um, for a designated amount of time for more, for more weight. So you could stake for a day and continuously refresh that lock, mm -hmm. uh, or you could stake to up to a year. And the longer you stake in that system, the more rewards uh, you'll receive. Um, and we're, we're going to introduce that system, and it will run in parallel with the phase one staking until phase one runs out. And then we will not be renewing phase one and, and only thing that will exist will be phase two. And then, you know, at a certain point, our phase three staking, which is ultimately, you know, the goal of this, which is to decentralize um, the, uh, the way that the, the forum works. So um, that's where we're heading towards in terms of staking. Uh, we're, we're pro I mean, if you're, if you've been following discussions, particularly since the launch of discussions 2.0, uh, you'll have noticed a pretty steady uh, increase of participation. And, and that's part of what stake, staking phase one is, is designed to do, is to encourage people to set up unified IDs, encourage mm -hmm. them to move their Atmos onto the system uh, so that we see more tipping, more activity, um, more incentives for people to post content. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's, it's starting to bear fruit. We're starting to see mo much more content get posted. Um, we're certainly seeing our user numbers increase on a pretty steady clip. So, um, you know, it's... It's encouraging to see a, a bunch of kind of organic activity that um, you know, is posting you know, in, interesting information, useful information, information that I'm not seeing necessarily in other places or I'm seeing in you know, very, very deep in the internet uh, mm -hmm. getting, getting exposed on discussions. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I, right now in terms of development, what we're, what we're looking at. Um, so there'll be obviously more, more updates in the, in the near future. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. In terms of development, like uh, it also works on desktop notifications, which is I'm personally super excited about, um, just because it's uh, it's one of those things where if you don't have desktop notification, you lose a lot of messages. Uh, you just can't keep up, right? People like that instant interaction. So when I get a notification when someone posts something, and able to interact with it right away, I think that's gonna be super super cool. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be a big improvement. Yeah. So 
Uh, moving on to marketing, uh, we do have one event today, but uh, it is interestingly not an event that we have created ourselves. It is one of our users uh, that started a contest uh, on WSB, which stands for Wall Street Bets. Wall Street Bets, if you don't know, it is a subreddit on reddit.com um, that covers the stories about, uh, I guess, gambles that people take on Wall Street. Um, so obviously, uh, that sounds like a lot of what we do on cryptocurrency space as well. So this this is a very simple um, contest. I'll just read the rules for you here. Contest for the best Wall, Wall Street best story, strategies or memes, whatever floats your boats, no rules or entry limits. Just give me your best laugh or cringe. And then they have, uh, you put out 3K Atmos for the first reward, 1K Atmos for the second place, and a 6K split between all entries. And the deadline's April 30th. So we have a month to submit all these uh, meme strategies or stories, whatever it is. And yeah, looks like we got a few entries already. So that is pretty, pretty cool. So what's the, uh, what's the betting line on will, will the discussions.app Wall Street Bets be more or less degenerate than the Reddit version? <laughs> Um, oh, once you mix some crypto in there, I think it might be worse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's good. It's good. <laughs> Wall Street Bets is my favorite uh, subreddit. I think overall, it's uh, it, it's just the the mix of absurdity and um, mean humor about people losing money is is always a good thing. <laughs> oh man! I mean, the markets. Uh, I mean. Well, not to get off topic, but the stock market has looking a lot like the uh, cryptocurrency market lately, which is kind of insane. <laughs> has it has it been doing something? I hadn't I had noticed. No, I'm just something going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you're joking or not. There. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so poor now? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually pretty funny because people uh, with, who don't have a cryptocurrency background are are absolutely freaking out and i'm like well this is it'll go back up right it'll, cool. it'll be 100 yeah. percent tomorrow it'll be fine <laughs> no worries <laughs> yeah no worries guys come on it's not real money anyways right yeah uh, <laughs> yeah no so that's that's exciting a wall street bet a wall street bet uh based um sub would be good because i think um the idea that you can um the integration of cryptocurrency i think is it's just really what wall street bets needs it's they're, they're people they're they're, they're kind of a, a ripe target for assimilation into the crypto world I'm pretty so. sure their subreddit blocks all cryptocurrency talk doesn't it oh really? it does yeah it they they uh it's because you know it's even more irresponsible than what they do generally and so they they want to be you know kind of in charge of that level of irresponsibility i i i, I think it's it's um it just looked as like comp competition kind of, you know, it sucks the air out of the room when, when crypto is going off. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're hostile to it a bit, but their users in general are, aren't probably, I bet most of the wall street bets groups uh, dabble in crypto. So mm -hmm. there yeah, may be some, sure there do. may be some, uh, some ways to, to get the average wall street bet user to, to jump over to discussions and start, you know, making, making things interesting. Yeah. I agree. Well, let's uh, let's let's post that where we can to get some traction for it because I'm gonna enter it. I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> get some memes going. Uh, so yeah, so that's the only marketing event we have um, this week. Uh, we are planning other things. We kind of had other stuff planned before, but because um, the coronavirus was really picking up in the regions where we live, uh, things are pretty hectic and probably kind of shifted focus as well, which is something I'll get into in just a bit. But yeah. 
Um, so that's all we have for marketing this week. Uh, in terms of actual content, which is a bit on discussion, I've been covering a lot of the Steam stuff myself, which is a uh, interesting drama-filled. Um, it's a cryptocurrency story. It's it's why it's why I came into the crypto space. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have you guys been following uh, what's going on? I just know that um that Justin Sun's doing his normal normal thing where he buys a project and ruins it, and uh, and it looks like uh, the community that he was hoping to kind of take over has sort of rejected him. So um, you know I'm you know I'm 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 always interested in it because like I. I feel like, um, you know, I feel like there's a lot, like a fairly big community with, with Tron, but I, but I still don't understand, um, you know, are they just on Tron and that's all they, they care about? Or are they, are they like multi-chain and they're just looking for ones that make money? I, I still haven't gotten a read on that. Oh, so I, I think it was trying to force anything on the Tron blockchain. Like, yeah. Like pump up that transaction number and user number. Which, right, which, but that's. I just don't know why they didn't just build their own system or take some nearby open source code. Because it's much. And, yeah, I guess. I guess you just, <laughs> you just, you just do it. But it's it's interesting because Steam, the Steamit community, has really just rejected. Yeah. Uh, pretty. I mean, there was. I did see some people who were kind of like, "Well, this is going to be a good thing, synergy." And um, I think like Luke Stokes may have been one of those who was like very like open to the idea, and I, I'm I'm not I sure. Were kind of cautiously optimistic, because like yeah, Steam, I guess that's that's a good phrase, yeah. But because like Steam hasn't been doing anything uh, for like the last year, like right. they're going to release a smart media token, which is kind of like basically allows you to do like tokens on the Steam blockchain. They say they're right. going to use the community pl platform, and all these things have been like we've been waiting, 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 and just never happened. So when Tron came in and, you know, the days leading up to Tron, they were actually like pumping out stuff. And I think the reason why they were pumping out stuff is because uh, they're preparing to go for a sale to Tron. So people were kind of like uh, optimistic. It seemed like Steam was moving in the right direction and then shit hit the fan when uh, Justin Sun took over. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I and mean, that's the thing, like, Tron has such a poor track record of improving things that it's just, you know that, this move, this hive move is, is the right one because if they want any progress. Now, it doesn't solve the problem. Yeah, it's the same people who fail to get Steam at any more traction in terms of development. Um, yeah, so it's really, they're still sort of in the same place with, you know, limited things. That's why I, I was kind of curious if, um, you know, there'd be some olive branches uh, extended into the broader crypto community to try to, you know, make Steam more, um, I don't know, more... Uh, more cross cross chain or more, you know, just a little, cause it's a very insular community um, in, a, in a lot of ways. So. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing with all these kind of communities, kind of social media platforms, in my opinion, that revolve around the token. It becomes a very big echo chamber where they constantly just talk about the token and everything around it, which is fine. But at the same time, you know, it, again, it, it creates, like you said, a very insular community. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's um, it's kind of interesting. Just social media in general. Like even when um, you guys are old enough to remember uh, uh, the exodus from Dig to Reddit, there was like a very um, contentious sort of uh, 
attitude between the two communities as if there was something, you know, at stake, which I mean, obviously there was something at stake because Dig mm-hmm. didn't survive really. Um, but, you know, people, people got very like sensitive about which news aggregating platform they, you know, they preferred or whatever. Um, and now you add a financial incentive to this thing and it's like, you can just see it, it becomes very, you know, very contentious. So um, that, which, which brings up the question. So Jack, do you, do you know if, if I happen to own some, some steam, will I have hive or whatever their tokens called now that they've hard forked? Unless you're just in some. So if you're not just in then yes. So they've locked his tokens, like they've just erased them from the chain or what are they doing with his tokens? That's exactly right. Um, those are gone. Oh, interesting. Uh, not only that, and this is the, the part that's <coughs> a little bit controversial, and it's, a, it's not just Justin Sun's token um, that's going to be locked up and burned. It's also anyone who supported his movement. That's what they say. So mm-hmm. that seems a bit, um, I don't know, was it like kind of witch hunting a little bit? Because you do like, I mean, I, I talk to people within the community, and there is like a, not a minority, not, not like a super super, super minority, but there is a minority of people that do support what Justin Sun is doing. And right. some of them are vocal about it, some of them not. Uh, but, so are you going to kind of punish the vocal ones about it as well? That's like a, that's to me, that's like, that's also censorship in my opinion. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's actually very creepy. I didn't realize they were, I mean, I understand the kind of removing, the reason why they're hard forking is that the hostile takeover and, and in a reaction to Justin Sun's censorship on Steam. Yeah. But, um, and that, and even that to me is a little controversial because I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, are you a public chain? Are you, I mean, you know, you, what is the point? You're just really forking to get rid of a person you don't like. It, it's sort of, it's, it's weird. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I, I mean, interesting all the same, but so they're, they're really becoming a, um, like a cult then in that sense, if they're going to get rid of any dissenting voices or people who might be, you know, wrong thinking on the, uh, on the on the issue so that's interesting i, I mean i wouldn't go that far yet but uh, it's uh <laughs> well, the, <laughs> i mean the writing's a little on the wall though it's like did you support this move well i kind of did i kind of wanted to get my tokens to be worth something because you know tron is bringing in a lot of hype yeah um so i can see you know it's, it's like well why like people can can have that and then it's really the job of the project when they hard work to offer an alternative that is enticing right so it's just kind of weird for you to say like well no your, your tokens are no longer count because you you thought the wrong thing i mean that's a little bit um i don't know that's that's very anti-decentralization and anti what you know what we're kind of you know why we are in this space in the first place so it, yeah. it, it yeah. begs the question what will what horrible decisions will be made by the hive community or quote-unquote community um in the near future when other controversial things come up. Yeah, I guess so, we- I'll, we'll, I'll be, I'll be watching. Let, let's just say I'm putting the hive, no, the hive me on notice personally, that I'm going to be watching, see, see what else they do. Yeah. So uh, to answer your question, and I just realized we've been talking about this without giving context. So for those who are listening to this whole thing, um, <laughs> and you don't have to have been up to date is that uh, steam forge. And the new fork is called Hive. And yes, if you do have uh, Steam on your old Steam account, you will be able to log into the uh, Hive blockchain with the same same private keys. And you would get a, um, a share of the newly minted Hive tokens uh, that is currently traded 
um, already on Bitrix and uh, Binance and Hubei came out and say they will be supporting uh, the Hive token and the Steam Hall fork. So again, like these two exchanges, to just again give a bit of context, was was the ones involved in coordinating with Justin Sun to do a takeover of the Steam blockchain. So I think like they kind of you know showing that uh, I don't know they're trying to make it up to the community, I guess. So it is listed, it is oh, yeah. and it's actually trading at a, at a slightly higher premium than uh, than Steam. So that's that's also interesting. Ah, interesting. Uh, yeah, I may I might have to sell my Steam and and I mean, you know claim my Hive and sell my Steam. That would be, you know, just have my own my own opinions on the Hive blockchain uh, heard a little bit more. Yeah. So I guess there'll be a Justin Free uh, area. <laughs> Free. He's quarantined. Off, uh, He's quarantined, quarantined. <laughs> now on Hive. <laughs> no, Hive is a new place. So. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so if you're interested in uh, catching up to everything that uh, has been going on with Steam and Hive, I am um, personally updating and keeping track of it uh, on the Hive hashtag, so go check it out if you are interested. And we're now going to go into a small break um, into an interview that I had with John from Boy earlier this week. And uh, how he is, he's been, he's been doing a lot of very interesting stuff. So I wanted to highlight some things he is doing. And one of them involved fighting the coronavirus. So have a listen. Okay, so let's uh, move on to the biggest story of the day. Um, <clears throat> everyone's talking about it, and that's the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, everyone, it's a very serious thing that's happening in the world. And everyone's trying to contribute a little bit to combat this uh, infectious disease. And a boy is actually jumping into the fray. So. John, what have you been cooking up, and uh, what's uh, how how are we gonna defeat the coronavirus with Boy? Sure, yeah, this is a you know kind of a partnership uh, alliance between Boyd and Telos. So we started a Boyd team on Folding at Home, <clears throat> and Folding at Home is a distributed science project yep. that's been around for a very long time, and they just recently have implemented the COVID nineteen uh, research work units for people to run. Yeah. And they've been getting attention from NVIDIA and a few other projects. And I looked into implementing their tech inside the Boyd app, actually. But... So that was a snippet from the interview I had with John. If you're interested in listening to the full interview or learning how you could join the Boy Cause to Fight the Coronavirus, the link is down in the description below. So I get back to our content discussion. And one of the other stories that broke, uh, I guess broke like a, quite a week earlier, but we didn't, we didn't really have time to cover it. Was, was that um, MakerDAO actually uh, did an oopsie. Um, now, I don't know the intric intricacies of it, um, of how the whole system works, but it has something to do with the gas fee being too high and the Oracle couldn't submit um, the accurate price fee. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm mixing things up. So the Oracle has submitted a price fee, uh, but because the Ethereum network was congested, um, that Action failed and therefore trigger a something <laughs> class, class strata, uh, some some kind of failure, and I think they lost like five million worth of ETH. Mm -hmm. Yeah, have you have you guys heard about it? Did you, were you guys affected by it? Did you were you holding Maker? No, I, I wasn't I, holding Maker, but it seems like it was an oversight on their behalf. Yeah. Oh, and they added you something that could have been easily protected from, but not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not sure how they were protected from, though. It's like, it's a fundamental 
thing of the Ethereum blockchain where if the gas fee is high and it's, if it's congested, you have to pay a very, very high gas fee. And I, and I just want to bring up that this is not the first time like the, the, the model on Ethereum killed the project. Because if you guys, you guys remember CryptoKitty, that was like taking off really, really like booming. And that brought the Ethereum blockchain down to a halt. And a lot of projects, including CryptoKitty itself, died off because of that congestion. So, you know, this is just like, I don't know, I, I thought I'd just kind of bring this into context, into a bit. Yeah, it's actually interesting because, I mean, people complain, I think, a lot about, and rightly so, about EOS and kind of, you know, the idea that, okay, I have an account and I have like, you know, 20 EOS stakes to it and you can't really do anything with it. Um, the thing is, it's very trivial for a modestly funded project to, to be able to supply um, pretty much all the user user needs, you know, pr pretty inexpensively. Um, I mean, we are we are we are doing it here with, uh, you know, one EOS a month in Rex. That's two dollars. So, just for the record, what's that? That's about two dollars. At the right, two two bucks, and we have, and I don't know, I haven't looked at the number of transactions we have, but I mean, <laughs> one our our uh, our our DAP is pretty well designed, and so we don't do things on chain that are pointless to do on chain. We we keep stuff in the right buckets, but we're still processing a lot of transactions with that that two dollars per month, yeah. um, and so you know you don't you don't have to have a you don't have to have a system where all that all the transactions are paid for by the users and the users have to go through some convoluted system yeah. um you can really do it i think in in the manner you know very cleanly and i think ethereum is, is going to struggle with that until they mm -hmm. you know until they radically change their their financial model in terms of how users interact with their chain mm -hmm. um I and i don't actually i think I think the DeFi stuff is going to work better on EOS uh, long term because of that. Unless see, I don't, I don't know about that. I like, so originally I would agree with you before Rex, but because like how the EOS system before Rex uh, was implemented is that you always have a you know reserve amount of the space, so you can always do certain amount of transactions. With Rex, it kind of throws that equation a little bit out of window. I think they made improvements, but it, I'm not sure you remember like EDOS, EDOS. That like, right. that really brought brought the network down. And that that's actually what kind of pushed us into the unified ID model just because like well no one with a regular EOS account could do anything. So, right. I, and I and I would agree with that, but I think the other the other part of, of, of that story is yeah. um, that there are solutions, right? Like, so there is really no solution to the Ethereum congestion. I mean, as soon as something starts working well and attracting people to use it, the network gets congested. So the success of a project can actually destroy itself, which, you know, is, is problematic long-term. Whereas, you know, discussions gets more popular. Oh, it might cost us $4 a month. It might cost us $6 or $10 or $20 a month, whatever it is. It's yeah. still a sustainable, um, you know, idea because the more popular discussions gets, the more revenue it will generate, and you know we can pay for our own, you know, our own needs. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I just I guess the idea is that like it's it's not misaligned in terms of oh well, the more popular something gets, we're gonna yeah. we're, it's actually gonna shoot ourselves in the foot <laughs> because it it doesn't really work that way. Whereas I think there's no choice right now with the way Ethereum works. If something gets extremely popular, mm -hmm. it's gonna bring the network to its knees, and then it becomes unusable. Yeah. So 
I mean, I do agree there's a problem with, with EOS in terms of just people regularly using it, but I do think it has a better fix on the horizon than, uh, than Ethereum does right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. I mean, paying for users like we do, I think is something that all dApps should do. Um, you know, they have their reasons for not doing it, but at the same time, like it's for us, it's the only solution that we see as a platform that wants to track everyday users. So, but yeah, also on that note, on the Maker story, they added USDC into their collateral. So again, MakerDAO, um, I should probably give a bit more context, but if you're listening to this point, you probably know what we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> on MakerDAO, what you do is you put in cryptocurrency assets as collaterals, and you actually mint um, a stable coin called DAI. And we use a DAI a lot before. Uh, we actually moved to USDC way before this thing happened. Uh, but so one of the, so USDC is another kind of stable coin that is backed by Coinbase, I think, I'm pretty sure. And now Maker is starting to accept USDC as collateral. And there's very good reasons why. Uh, if uh, Butler was here, he would tell you, but uh, he's not here. <laughs> Uh, so I don't, I don't know how to explain it to you, but I just find that kind of funny. I think the main reason, the main thing behind USDC is uh, they do regular edits for it and it's, uh, it's backed completely as opposed to some of the other stable coins. That's why they think I'm still using them. It's, it's really ridiculous because you're using the US dollar to back a digital currency, you know, using US dollar, physical dollar to back uh, as a collateral to issue digital currency, <laughs> which is used to um, back a project that's supposed to decentralize <laughs> the whole idea of stable coins. Um, so yeah, it kind of defeats the whole purpose. I'm just saying, you know, <clears throat> that's funnier than it really should be. But uh, last story, last story of the day, um, going back to EOS. EOS Nation and Banker uh, is bringing or have bought uh, DIY uh, liquidity pools to EOS. So for context, if you don't know what Banker does, it's a liquidity pool provider. You essentially uh, have some kind of liquidity token, you put in liquidity token, you put in your token, and there's a fancy algorithm that automatically balances those as, you, as people swap one for the other. So what they did, which is really interesting, is that now they allow anyone to create their own liquidity pools and anyone else could join them as well. I'm not sure if that any that explanation makes sense, but uh, Brian could probably do a better um, uh, you know, explanation. So Brian, do you wanna take a stab at it? So right now they're doing a, um, some kind of cross-chain uh, cross decentralized uh, liquidity pool. So essentially all ERC20 tokens and EOS tokens, you guys can start your own pools or you can join other pools. Oh, um, it's very easy to add liquidity or like to take away liquidity and that will definitely affect the prices. I could, I could trade uh, Ethereum ERC20 with EOS tokens. I could swap them. So you'll have to go through like an intermediary token such as like uh, um, the Bancor token, but you will go from, like EOS, from an EOS token to Bancor token and then back to like an Ethereum token. Okay, so this is an exchange, but with less numbers and things. It's like an exchange, and you can consider it as like a semi-public, semi-private kind of uh, exchange because like everything's kind of like under the table in a way because it's a liquidity liquidity pool as opposed to an exchange. No, an exchange, everything is kind of like public. You can see transactions being made. 
while as uh, in the liquidity pool, things just appear and disappear <laughs> they don't, they don't, via their contracts. Oh, they don't publish like the numbers and the transactions. No. They don't. They don't really publish that. Oh shit! I didn't know that. I just I just assumed that you know they, you'll be able to see everything you know happening. It's kind of like a dark pool. I think traditionally dark pools are used for like people who have like large holdings of securities and they want to like liquidate something, but they want to do it under the table so they don't trigger the exchanges or like other people panic selling. Oh, wow. It's okay. similar is, to that. This is completely... But right now, they don't have the same amount of liquidity. Oh, wow. This is completely different than what I have in mind. Like I just thought you just literally push two Sasha tokens and they have an algorithm that kind of, you know, automatically converts one to the other and prices it. Uh, but I didn't know there's a whole other side to it. That's, that's really <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, for like most Atmos token holders, it, it should be a positive. Um, yeah. You can add liquidity for Atmos tokens, or you can add liquidity to something that you want to change it to. Yeah. So I don't see it as a negative thing if they're like, you know, under the table transactions by any means. Mm-hmm. So I actually went ahead and created a liquidity pool on there. So if you want to go check it out, do so. Um, I just put in some random numbers. Uh, so it might not make sense, but uh, I think we are going to look into setting one up like officially because I only have 17 cents worth of uh, BNT and Apple's token. So if, if you know, if you want to arbitrate, you know, make some money. Yes. So everybody should keep in mind that if you want to add liquidity to the pool, you actually receive a, uh, a fee when yeah. somebody removes liquidity from it. Yeah, exactly. So, so if you want to be generous and, you know, add liquidity to it, you'll earn something from it. And if you want to get rid of some of your other tokens, then you'll have to pay a fee, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it's really cool. Uh, it's really I really like the idea of the liquidity pool that you could you could put in your own you could create your own liquidity pool and anyone else could join in and get rewarded for it. I think that yeah. economic model is 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 fantastic. Yeah, I, I think I'm more excited about like some of the crushing things that they might have come out between like EOS and Ethereum and like the Bancor token. I think it's a uh, it's a nice change to the Ethereum and EOS environment because mm-hmm. uh, cross chain trading has always been an issue. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, I think that has, that's everything we have to talk about today. So, uh, yeah, it's not like a super short session, but quicker than usual. Definitely faster than last time, last uh, last recording. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna close this out. out. Yeah, well, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah hold, hold your horses, Brian. We have to do our uh, weekly ritual, which is I'm gonna close this out with a free speech quote, and this is a quote, uh, pretty long quote from a very uh, special book that I haven't read, but uh, here it goes: Public speech is not a series of public public. Uh, let me try that again. Public speech is not a series of public speeches, but rather one's own words spoken openly and without shame. I desire a society where all may speak freely about whatever topic they will. I desire that all people might be able to choose whom they wish to speak and to whom do they not wish to speak. I desire a society where all people may have an assurance that their words are directed only at those who they, whom they wish. Therefore, I oppose all efforts by governments to eavesdrop and become unwanted listeners. And this is a quote by Eric Hughes. Submitted uh, by CryptoDB from a book called Crypt, uh, Siphonomicon, I think. So, I like that quote. It kind of yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Delegated moderation system, quite nice. 
Okay, and with that, we are going to sign off. So, so everyone remember to uh, keep your discussions online at discussions.app and not in person as we try to flatten the curve. Yes. The team is signing off. And see you guys next time. Ciao, ciao.